today we go to the next episode of our His Story, God's Faithfulness series. We've been looking at nine episodes, or we're looking at nine episodes. We're on episode four of the Old Testament, His Story. And, and, you know, the Old Testament is full of a lot of different stories, some good, some confusing, some difficult to read through. But one theme is the same throughout, and that is that God is faithful. We looked at the first week that we are created in His image. And that should make us feel pretty good when we're feeling pretty insecure as to how we look or why God, why we act all the silly things God made us in his image. And we can also see others the way God does by recognizing that he made them in his image. And if we get those things right, boy, would that solve a lot of the issues that we're having today. Then we looked at the fall. God created everything. He said it was very good. And and then man decided to go their own way to find good and evil based on their terms and not trust God. And so Pastor Bob talked to us about trusting God despite sin, despite the darkness that surrounds us. And last week, Sean talked to us about God's promise, his blessing. Not only that he wants to bless us with abundance and want us to live rich lives, but if you've been on earth for more than a few weeks or days, you know that this world is not abundant. And yet God's promise is not that everything will go well with us, but that regardless of what is going on, his peace and his presence is with us. And we can hold on to that. And so today, I wanna look at this next episode, focus in on this man named Joseph. We're gonna finish the first book of the Bible, Genesis. And we're gonna look at how God redeemed Joseph and how God redeemed the entire world through this man's story. Have you ever heard the term when something bad happens, when there's a bad circumstance in your life, maybe someone's trying to encourage you and and says something like, hey, everything happens for a reason. It's okay, something good will come out of this. Have you ever heard that? I think I've said that myself. And, and, And this week, as I've been studying this story, as I've been looking at this principle of redemption, I've realized that that's, there's something missing in there. Because although we're trying to be encouraging and say that everything, hap- everything happens for a reason, there's one big piece to that. And that is that not everything is good and not everything is from God. See, we have sin, like we talked two weeks ago during the fall, that tends to mess some things up. And so we may find ourselves in a bad circumstance because of our own sin, because of our own stuff. There's also other people's sin that affects our circumstances. And so we may be in a circumstance right now or, or in, the, in the past where we have been negatively affected by other people's sin and we're in that circumstance. And then there's this enemy that exists. And he's trying to shut us off from God. He's trying to push us as far away. He's trying to deceive us into thinking that we don't matter, that we're not good enough, that we don't have what it takes. But you see, God sent Jesus to redeem us. God sent Jesus to overrule that. And this, I love this, this definition of redemption. It's going to be on the screen. Redemption is the principle that God ultimately overrules human sin for his glory in the ultimate good of mankind. So the principle that God ultimately overrules human sin for his glory in the ultimate 
good of mankind. Now let's, let's be clear about this. God does not overrule sin in the sense that he minimizes sin. No, no, no. God is so aware of our sin, more aware than any of us are, because he recognized that there was a chasm that existed between us and him because of our sin and the sin of this world. And so that's why he sent his one and only son, Jesus. And in Ephesians 1.17, we read that Jesus in him, we have redemption, redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So we can only be redeemed. We can only be won back to God, not by anything that we can do, but only by what Jesus has done for us. Through the redemption that came through his blood, shed on the cross the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Now, I want to share this right now. We're gonna share uh, communion. We're gonna approach the Lord's table at the end. But right now, I just wanna encourage you. Where are you with the Lord? Where are you with the Lord when it comes to this chasm of sin? Maybe you're in a good spot. Maybe your, your, your conscience is clear, but, but there may be some things when you walked in here today or, or when you know, woke up this morning at home and you say, man, there's stuff that's been bothering you. Church is an amazing time when we come together to be reminded that we have been redeemed and we have now been fully covered by the grace of Jesus. And so I would just encourage you, if there's something right now in you, maybe something between you or, or somebody else, ask for forgiveness and allow God's grace to flood you. That's it. That's the gospel. That's what we can rejoice over every day. But today I want to go ahead and, and look to this principle of redemption, specifically why Joseph's story in, in this first book of Genesis is so important when it comes to understanding God's redemption. Before we go there, let me ask you this. Has there ever been a circumstance in your life that's been negative? Oh, I'm not seeing too much. Has there ever been a circumstance in your life that has, that has been negative? Yeah, so sometimes, again, that, that's because of our own doing or some other person's doing or just because this enemy exists and he's trying to rob us of joy. Well, Joseph's story is one where God, despite his circumstance, works all things together for his good. And we read this in Romans chapter eight. So before we dive in to three different chapters of Joseph's life, Let's look at this first in Romans chapter eight. It says that we know, verse 28, that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So no matter what circumstance you may be living through, we know, we can be certain today, we can be sure that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. No matter what our circumstance is, no matter what caused that circumstance, no matter what the consequence is, we can be sure that God is working all things for good. And Joseph is a story where God, despite of his circumstance, makes all things work together for him as well as for the greater good. So it's both individual and it's collective. Don't miss that. We'll close with the collective piece. But let's zoom in and look at the story 
of Joseph. So Joseph is one of 12 sons of Jacob. Last week, we looked at Abraham's lineage or the promise that God gave to Abraham. So Abraham is Joseph's great-grandpa. Abraham, then came Isaac, then Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons. Joseph was number 11, lucky number 11, and he was also the favorite. And because he was the favorite, there was a lot of jealousy around surrounding his brothers. So much so that they hated Joseph. In this first chapter, Joseph is 17. He's God's favorite for, for a few reasons. He, you know, his, his mom passed away when she was giving birth to his younger brother, Benjamin. And so I can see how Jacob kind of favored Joseph, reminded him of mom. I, I can also see why Jacob had Joseph as an old man and, and his name means the Lord adds. Joseph means the Lord, the Lord adds. And so I think Jacob was pumped that he had an 11th son and, and was a favorite. Now parents, you know, we're not supposed to have favorites. This is ancient biblical times. He's the favorite. The point is that his brothers hated him for that, like truly hated him for it. They tried to get him killed and then decided to be graceful and instead sold him as a slave to some Midianites. You know, just normal brotherly love going on here. Philadelphia at its finest. So the circumstances that Joseph is now taken away from his family at age 17 and he's enslaved in a foreign land. The cause is not his doing. Joseph has done nothing. In fact, what Joseph did was he had a dream. God gave him a dream and it was a God-sized dream. And God told his brothers about this dream, pumped and excited and optimistic, saying, you'll never believe what dream I just had. And instead of rejoice over it, his brothers were jealous of him. Has God ever given you a God-sized dream? You know, when you know that a dream that God's given you is a God-sized dream, when it's not only good for you, but it's good for others as well. If it is a Jose-sized dream, then it's only good for Jose. I want a car, a house, this or that. That's a, God, that's a Jose-sized dream, but a God-sized dream means that God wants to use me for the greater good. This dream that God gave Joseph was a God-sized dream. And many times when God gives us those dreams, when he wants to encourage you and use you for his purposes, there will be jealousy and there will be, there will be misunderstanding among those, even those closest to you like brothers. And so Joseph is sold into slavery. But what's the consequence? Well, we know that God makes everything work for good. And so he's sold to this man named Potiphar. And Potiphar is one of Pharaoh's, the ruler of Egypt at the time, like the most powerful nation on earth. It's one of his main dudes, the captain of his guard. And so Joseph is now serving Potiphar. Not only that, but God's favor is on Joseph. God works everything for good. And so he gives him authority over all of his household, all of his stuff. That's chapter number one. Chapter number two, Joseph is 28. Another negative circumstance. He's in charge of all things in Potiphar's house. Well, his wife makes an advance on Joseph. Joseph flees, says, uh-uh, not today, not in your house or anything. I'm out of here. And he is falsely accused. He's falsely accused for starting this advance and he's thrown in jail. You ever been falsely accused of doing something? You have, and, and I have, I'll never forget, third grade. My friend, or so I thought, Elizabeth, 
said that I stole her lunch. I did not steal her lunch. And I remember being so torn up about the injustice that I ran all the way into the principal's office and in the way I met my uh, music teacher, Oliver Diaz, still a good friend uh, of mine to this day. And he gave me a big hug and all he said is, I'm sorry, that was unfair. And that's all I needed to hear. And that's sometimes all we need to hear when things are unfair, just say, I'm sorry. I know that that's unfair. Well, uh, I don't know if Joseph got a hug, but I know that the jailer allowed him to have authority over everybody in the prison. God makes everything work for good. And God gave Joseph favor over every person in that jail. Now, third chapter. There's another dream. This time, two folks that are in jail, chief cupbearer and Pharaoh's old baker are in jail. There's a dream. Joseph interprets that dream. And when he does, he knows that this dream is gonna come true. And he knows that the chief cupbearer is gonna be restored back into Pharaoh's house. He's gonna, you know, fill his cup again and be at his service. And so Joseph tells him, hey, remember me in chapter uh, 40, verse 14, Joseph tells the cupbearer, hey, you're gonna be restored to your position and please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place for I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. And you would think that the cupbearer, when he was restored, he would remember Joseph, but he didn't. He was forgotten. Have you ever been forgotten? Have you ever felt like no one is paying attention to you? Like the spotlight is going to somebody else or that somebody is receiving all of the attention or the affection, especially when they didn't deserve it. Woo, that'll get you going. But you know what? Someone never forgot Joseph. That was God. His favor stayed on him. And it's the same with us. We were never forgotten by God. Even if everybody, including your brothers and your sisters and your parents even, and, and in this case, somebody that you just helped get out of prison, they forget you. But God never does. God never does. And so you may be asking, God makes everything work together for good. Well, how does he get Joseph out of this one? Well, two years go by. And so now Joseph is 30 and Pharaoh has a dream. And this chief cupbearer senses, the, oh, wait a second, you had, I remember somebody that interpreted a dream for me. That's how I got out of prison, how he forgot beyond me, but he forgot. He remembered two years later and Joseph talked to Pharaoh. Joseph interprets the dream for Pharaoh. Long story short, a famine was coming. There were seven years of plenty that were gonna come for Egypt. And so Joseph told Pharaoh, hey, store up all the food, store up all the food in Egypt. And then there's gonna be seven years of famine. So you gotta make sure that you have seven years of stuff, of goods saved up for those seven years of famine, because not only will, will this help the Egyptians, this is gonna bring the entire world to Egypt. Well, God makes everything work for good, right? Not only does God allow Pharaoh to make Joseph his second in command over the chief cupbearer. I bet that felt good for Joseph. But he made Joseph second in command of the entire world because his dream came true and the, all the nations surrounding came to Joseph, including the 11 brothers. 
When Jacob found out that this famine was as bad as, as, as it was, he told, his, he told his sons, y'all need to go to Egypt and y'all need to make sure that we get some food. Otherwise, we're gonna die. We're not gonna make it out of here. And who do they bow down to? Number 11, the forgotten one, the falsely accused one, the sold and rejected one, Joseph. God redeemed Joseph's life. And his brothers at first didn't know it was him. And Joseph was wrestling as to how he was going to respond. And he, I think he thought about maybe seeking some revenge. But instead of revenge, God, uh, Joseph lavished love and forgiveness over his brothers and wept when he was reunited with them. It's a beautiful story of redemption. But remember, God makes everything work for good for us, yes, but also the greater good. God used Joseph as an amazing story of redemption for all of us today because thanks to Joseph being where he was at, the people of God were safe. They did not vanish via the famine. They moved to Egypt. They landed there. And I'm going to give you the short preview. They were there for a long time, for over 400 years. And then we'll follow up the next episode. We're going to look at Moses. So 400 years between Joseph and Moses, where the people of God are in Egypt, now enslaved, where Joseph was once enslaved, but they're now all enslaved because they're a threat. I'm moving fast forward. It's too much of a preview. Come back, Jose. Okay. And, and, now Joseph has blessed the entire world. He has been a part of God's redemptive plan for the entire world. I want to read these two verses and then I want to say a few things to, to everyone here gathered. Genesis 50 verses 19 through 21. This is when the brothers come to Joseph. Jacob, dad, had actually just passed away. And so the brothers, after this whole forgiveness and reconciliation, thought, man, if Jacob dies, Joseph's gonna get us because they thought that Joseph was only being kind to dad and respecting the brothers while dad was alive. Well, now dad was gone and everyone was scared. Like now Joseph's really gonna get us. But here's how Joseph responded to them when he found out that they were afraid. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. God intended all of these bad circumstances to happen in Joseph's life for good to accomplish what is now being done, meaning in his life, in Joseph's life, and also the saving of many lives. God gave Joseph a God-sized dream and he used him as a part of his redemptive plan in history. And this is crazy. God has chosen each one of us to be a part of his redemptive plan right now where we are. And you may be thinking, uh-uh, not me. I, I mean, there's people that have faith that I know. I, that's not, I'm not there. Well, check this out. He can use you despite of all of these things that block us from recognizing that God wants to use us and work everything for our good and the greater good so that we can be a part of a greater purpose. If you want to be a part of God's purposes, let me hear you say amen. 
We want to be a part of God's purposes. The problem is that when we are in these negative circumstances, it's hard to see the blessing. It's hard to see how God is actually working. It's hard to feel and understand, wait, 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 God, like, I deserve this. I mean, Joseph didn't deserve those things, but I deserve these things. I need punishment. Well, God is making all things work together for good, both for you and for your family and for your workplace and for your, the future generations that come, that, that will come. God is working together for good and he wants to use you and me. I wanna share a story and then I wanna close with a video. Video of something that God's been doing through all of this craziness here at the church, you know, we, we, we've pivoted quickly. We actually didn't have to buy any of these cameras, but we bought a few other things and thank God he allowed us to meet out here. He allowed us to live stream a few things, but one of the biggest blessings, one of the coolest things that God has, has worked together for good is, is the creation of this live team. So now we need somebody to work the computer to live stream. We need somebody to work these two cameras. We need somebody to switch this camera to that camera. We need somebody to work the slides. And, and whenever I get lost to think, well, where's Jose going? That's not the order that he gave me. And then, you know, you need a really brilliant person to do that. Thank you, Terry. And, and, and you need Randy. I mean, there's a whole team that has been come alive because of this. And it is an amazing thing to see everyone be operating in the gifts that God's given them to make sure that we can still gather as a body of Christ. It's pretty cool. So God can use anyone to, 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 to allow him to be used for his purposes. And I wanna, before we, we see that video, I wanna read these two verses and I wanna tell you a quick story about how God uses us and redeems us to also love and, and be about God's redemption in other people's lives. So 2 Corinthians verses one, verse three and four says, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is merciful father in the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. And so if you've ever walked through the valley, if you've ever walked through a bad circumstance, no matter what caused that circumstance, the consequence of that circumstance can be God's comfort through you. I lost my best friend at the age of 16. Suddenly, car crash, vanish, gone. And I remember feeling so broken and so confused. And that question, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, why, if God is real, why would this happen? And, and, you know, people would say, well, everything happens for a reason. Well, you know what? Death is not good because we know when we're in Jesus that we are destined to eternal life. And so we were created for eternity. The problem is, is that we live in a temporary thing called earth. And until Jesus comes back or, or we pass away, we're, 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 that's, that, those are our limitations. But God, but God can make anything work together for good. So one thing that God allowed me to do was, was reevaluate my life. I don't know if you were like this, but I was immortal at age 16. <laughs> Nothing can hit me. Well, this hit me like a ton of bricks. The first thing is that my mom lost her mom and her dad and her brother in a tragic accident when she was 22. So I had a mother that had walked through grief before. Now walk me through this grief. That's God working together, all things for good. And then I showed up in a place that I didn't really show up very often. That's youth group. 
I showed up to a friend's church, went to youth group, didn't even know this person's house that we were gathering at. And this lady looked at me and said, hey, I know you, you're on my fridge. I said, what? Crazy person, what are you talking about? I'm on your fridge. And sure enough, looked at the fridge and there was my picture. I had made the front page of the newspaper because we had dedicated our football season my senior year to my buddy who passed away. And I prayed before the season and, you know, blew up my picture and there I was and shoulder pads and all, eyes closed and on this lady's fridge. Why am I telling you that story? Well, I made the front page. Isn't that cool? No, I didn't tell you the story for that. I, I tell you the story because that is the first day that I heard about Texas State University. That lady's son went to Texas State University. Googled it. It's all I needed to do. I knew I could get in. I got in, didn't apply anywhere else. Whenever I stepped foot on this campus, I met somebody that brought me to this church and introduced me to real, authentic relationship with Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, not just this faraway God that wants me to be good. No, no, no. He was good and wants to work everything together for my good, and he's my God. Life was redeemed. Fast forward years later, God calls me at the student ministry and get to have many conversations with other guys that have lost their friends at a young age. Now, I didn't understand why all of those things happened. But I can tell you this, at the beginning of this quarantine, a young man by the name of Logan passed away. And immediately, I mean, just confusion, he was 14. We opened up this church in the middle of all the unknown so that we can gather together and just be together and mourn together. When everybody was like, don't do anything, don't go outside, whatever. We just said, we, need, we gotta do this. And God showed up that night and he was able to heal and he was able to help us process. And he was present because God works all things together for good, whether we recognize it or not. And so I want you to think about that story, that circumstance in your life, that chapter in your life that may be very negative. Even if it's because of your own decisions, God can make anything work together for good. That's, when, that's the business that he is in. Psalms 107 verse two says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. So let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. God has redeemed you. And if he hasn't redeemed you or you're feeling like I'm just new to this faith thing, let me tell you, he's redeeming you right now. Allow him to be the redeemer in your life. And whether you are struggling with a negative circumstance right now, let me urge you, do not give up. God is working. If you lost your job, don't give up. God is working. I don't know why that happened. If you are struggling with, with a deep issue with somebody close by, God is working all things for good. And let's tell that story, Cypress Creek Church. Let's be people that are bold to say, this is how God redeemed me. Because when we do that, we're a part of God's redemptive plan for the entire world, for the greater good. That's our calling. That's our calling.